and welcome to Alien Minute, the daily podcast where we are analyzing aliens in short, controlled bursts. I'm John Ingle. And I'm Scott Corelli, and we are taking a look at Minute 122, which begins with the elevator descending down the elevator shaft and ends with Ripley and Newt ascending in said elevator. <laughs> Thank you uh, again, Scott, for coming back. Scott Corelli back again today as my co-host. Of course. And uh, we also have Chrysanthi Tan back again today. Thanks for coming back. So happy to come back. Wow, that was such an awkward <laughs> intro. I'm like so happy to come be back. Um. So we are right in the middle of waiting for an elevator. So this feels familiar, familiar to many of us, I'm sure. Uh-huh. Um, waiting for an elevator. Uh, of course, the world is collapsing around them and an alien queen is following them as they find out quickly with a little sound cue early on which is a great moment so because i guess they might not be aware right yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they are you know yeah you wonder like hey queen why did you just scream at them why didn't you just sneak up on them you could have gotten them if you would scream that moment would not have worked in a movie today that moment could not have no why do you, th- why do you think that? Especially the music. Honestly, if I saw a movie uh, in the theater and that music came on during that point, I would l- completely laugh. I would just be <laughs> beside myself with laughter. Okay. <laughs> that's <laughs> funny. That's another thing. You know, like it's hard. To, sometimes we try to uh, figure out what uh, audience, today's audience might say about this or that in this movie. And it's so hard for those of us that have seen a movie so many times. Like I didn't even, it didn't even occur to me that this would be a moment that's, archaic in any way or a little over the top or anything i'm just i don't know i guess i'm just too familiar with it well one of the things that i noticed about this minute and i i don't know that i've ever heard it explained this way uh before um and and if this is like a common thing that people point to then by all means uh, tell me tell me that that's the case but a lot of people you know they talk about alien being a, a haunted house movie and what I what this scene in particular, uh, this minute, uh, makes me think of is a slasher film. Like it feels like, like a Halloween movie or something. Um, you know, with uh, with the queen being like Michael Myers or Jason or something. Uh, that's kind of what this this uh, this particular bit reminds me of. Just the way that you know she's trying to get the elevator and she's looking behind her for the thing that's stalking her, and um, you know goes to you know, go for the ladder and then, you know, it's closer. So, okay, I'm going to go for the elevator instead again. I I don't know. just the whole, the whole process, her whole thought process and the way that it's being shot um, and sort of executed reminds me of like a a slasher film. That is 100% the vibe that I got in this. And that's why the music was funny to me. Cause I was sort of like, Oh, that's, you know, wrong genre or, I just would have expected that in like Friday the 13th. I don't know. Just some other in Halloween, literally that movie. Yeah, I guess, man, I wish I would, you know, honestly, I just can't even think of the music cue right now. It must just be so integrated in my, into my re, uh, viewing of this movie that it's not standing out to me, but I see the, I definitely see the correlation with the slasher film thing because it's a strange, it's a strange sequence of events really that occurs in this minute. Um, I do. I love that. She kind of goes unhinged when the, um, she realizes the queen is coming and the elevator's still not there. 
And I kind of wonder, like inside my head, if I'm waiting, you know, if I'm stuck in traffic or waiting for an elevator for too long, I feel like I do this already, like pretty much every day. It's like, come on. Uh, but it's, it's out of character for Ripley, but it's perfectly in keeping with the situation. Like, so we're seeing Ripley sort of coming unhinged a little bit more than we're used to. But it's perfectly appropriate. It's like elevating the suspense and the and the horror of the situation for us. And I and I love the move that she's like, okay, I'm just going to take the ladder. I'm like, that's crazy. I, uh, you get the idea that there's like 20 flights to go to that platform or something crazy for as long as they go up the elevator. But she's willing to go up that ladder. Yet when the queen makes her appearance, why does why do you guys think that makes her not continue to go up? I I, always, I think that's a strange choice. That's kind of a slasher movie choice. Because it seems to go against instinct. It seems to be putting herself like, okay, the queen's right there. You're already going up. Go up. But yet she just backs away. And uh, it turns out to be the right choice, which sometimes in slasher movies that happens too. They luck into the right choice as opposed to uh, taking the instinctive action. I think I, I would just be getting away as fast as I could. But I don't know. Maybe you guys feel differently. Maybe it's because the alien queen looks kind of silly. Um, no, I'm just kidding. But I think I, th- I think... I think if I were in that moment, I would just be so shocked I wouldn't be able to move. I mean, I think I would just be so scared that I'm like just going to f- completely fall to jelly. Yeah, that could be the reading yeah, you could get from it. As I'm kind of just scr- scrubbing through it. She's holding, uh, she's holding that ladder wrong, and I think she's probably, you know, and it could just very well be not only is she terrified, but she could also think, how am I going to get up this ladder with this kid fast enough to get away from this thing? Uh, a combination of those things, but we were probably right. Just being frozen in terror with that thing right there. Um, that could be very well the reason it just feels a little slasher filmy to me. Maybe I've just, I was just being a little bit too optimistic about my own abilities. <laughs> if I were in the moment, I would know exactly. I could get what up that do. ladder. I would keep, <laughs> I would go up that ladder. I would be able to and do I would it. Not be out of breath. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's she so out of breath for? Why is she sweating? Don't let them see a sweat, Ripley. Yeah. Yeah. Now that you've pointed out dummy Newt, I just can't unsee it. Um, It's really distracting now. Oh, oh, it's really. Yeah, I was going to say that's in my notes. This is the most prominent dummy Newt because it's it's the first time we see her really well lit. So the move from the elevator to the to the ladder is not carrying in at all. Oh, throughout this whole sequence, I was before I knew it was dummy Newt, which I didn't know until today. I all I could think was like Newt has incredible inner thigh strength. <laughs> <laughs> I think that's still true. I think uh, th- there are so many shots with the actual Carrie Hinn that it's pretty impressive. But you know what? True, I've got true. I've got a five year old kid, right? And he would hold on if if he decides he wants to be held, which he still does sometimes, despite his size. If he wanted to hold on to me by by his thighs all day long, he could do it. It would never tire him. He's like got vice grip strength. I think kids have. I don't know. I think that's one of the things they develop first or something. Is that inner thigh strength? But I think when you how old is Newt? Because I remember uh, being held like that and clawing with my thighs to my parents, and but not when probably not when I was five. I probably remember more like when I was eight. And I feel like. My strength was waning at that point. Or I felt like the bigger you get, the harder it is to actually sustain that. So, I mean, very, very impressive Newt. Very impressive Carrie Hen. That I'm sure she went through extra training for that. 
Well, yeah. <laughs> Do you think they put her through that? Now you're going to have to work those thighs. Get on that little, like, whatever machine. I don't know what it's called. In the 80s? I don't know. Was it a thigh yeah, master? Yeah, well, maybe that's a little early for the thigh master. Maybe the, who knows? James Cameron might have the, uh, he might, he has like a thousand patents on things. Maybe he has the patent of the thigh master. <laughs> he invented it just for Carrie Hinn. For this movie. <laughs> she was but, like, uh, screw it. I'm never doing a film again. You know what? This. This minute reminds me of, have you ever been to Universal Studios? I, I have not, but... Uh, I've have. been to the one in... Yeah. I have. Okay. It reminds me of some... This should totally be a Universal Studios ride. This just uh-huh. screams Universal Studios. Like, it, it could be something in the back lot. It could be something like, totally. Just go... This is exactly what Universal Studios experiences are like. Yeah. It's actually... Um, at, the uh at disney disney hollywood studios previously disney mgm studios um they used to have a ride i think it just closed recently is uh called the great movie ride and it's like this i I mean it's a really it's a really you know old ride that you know you just you get in this little boat and you just sort of travel through the movies and one of the the segments in it is uh, a, se- a sequence about um, alien, and yeah, that's what this reminds me of is uh, that that sequence in in that ride. Although that ride, I mean, the the, the animatronics are not great because it was built in like you know nineteen eighty eight or something. Um, but uh, <laughs> it's yeah, I definitely see what what uh, what you're seeing, and and I think you're you're right, especially with the the timing on how the elevator thing the elevator goes down like you could you could probably kind of retheme like um tower of terror or something totally it would, it would be better than the guardians of galaxy version <laughs> for sure um now would you uh in if you're thinking about this aliens like experience you know theme park experience would you get the doll would you get the newt doll strapped <laughs> to you to run yeah, through that's part uh, of it. It's part of yeah, it. Yeah, yeah. I think that would have to be a part of it. Okay, put on this newt doll, start running. <laughs> and I think it speaks to how like four-dimensional this scene is. Like it's not just something you're watching, it's like something you're feeling. You feel like you really feel like you're there. Mm-hmm. Like I feel like it engages a lot of senses, which is a good thing. Yeah. It's if not a very stressful thing to watch. But it, it's you know. the plus side of practical effects too, I think. Um, the fact that all of yeah. this really exists in a space that, you know, Sigourney Weaver is walking through, uh, it really adds a lot to that um, sort of lived in world. And I think is the reason why, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm feeling exactly what you're feeling uh, about the, uh, you know, the sort of Universal Studios theme park attraction of it all. Definitely. Well, I think that's what we're, we're tapping into maybe James Cameron's greatest strength, right? As a filmmaker. Like I think even in his worst movies, there's usually something like this, something that uh, the experience is just so breathtaking and you get caught up in it and you feel uh, what the people are feeling. I mean, I can't really remember Avatar that way right now, but I certainly remember Titanic that way. And I'm not a giant Titanic fan by any means, but once that boat starts, I, I know everybody says this, but once that boat starts sinking, uh, you've got to get caught up in that. It's so well done. Like it, it, it's hard not to feel it. And yeah, and it's, I don't know, that's what he does best. He's a thrill ride. He, he, he's good at making the thrill ride. So basically he is just kind of a 
a, a theme park attraction filmmaker in a lot of ways. Like early on, I think he had a little bit more depth to his movies, but now, I mean, hell, that's what Avatar is, right? It's kind of a uh, Avatar is almost R and D. I think it's going to end up being R and D for Avatar World or whatever it's called that they're building. And I think in the end that the, it's going to be the theme park attraction might end up being the more <laughs> memorable thing for a lot of people. Like, oh, it's from the Avatar movies. Yeah, that's right. Totally, totally. Um, um, I'd be but, down for you know, James some Cameron pe- Red. For sure. <laughs> oh yeah. Oh, I, you know what? I don't like Avatar at all, but I'll go to that Avatar yeah, same. land, that's whatever same. it's called. That. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I would do that in a second. Of course, I'll be spending most of my time at the Star Wars one, but uh, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I think that no. one definitely attracts me a lot more. But uh, <laughs> uh, just thinking about that today, how I got to get, I'm finally going to have to take my kid. You know, I've never been to a theme park goer. I've never been to Disney World or anything oh, wow. like that. But once they build that Star Wars thing, you're talking to a Disney pass holder here. <laughs> yeah. See, I never lived anywhere near um, either of those, you know, Florida or California. So um, once they get that Star Wars, I got to take my kid to that. I, I would feel like a bad father if I didn't take you, my kid to that. And you would be a bad father. I Thank you for reaffirming <laughs> that. That just gives me more motivation to save some money. <laughs> get down there so but if they did an aliens one i would jump on for uh, any for anything like that i'd love that yeah. nowadays it just feels like they're gonna they're gonna have this thing this experience this uh um why can't i think of the word for it you know this uh, actually being integrated into the story this kind of experiences virtual right. experiences are getting pretty much locked down so and now I'm, I'm a little more interested and i will say the music from Aliens, like if we're thinking of an Aliens a ride attraction, um, we're basically, I feel like the mu- music from this movie would do well in a ride. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This, t- this kind of music could definitely work totally well for a ride. Like all the standards are going to be different the way you, you would score um, a ride. ride. Ride soundtracks are actually fascinating to listen to. I mean, you can just go on Spotify and look up like all the Disney rides on there. Mm-hmm. There's like an album, I think, of rides, and it and it kind of reminds me. You know, there's very jagged, dramatic hits. It's very over the top, but that's what you want when you're in the ride, because right. you're really trying to feel that experience from with all your senses. I mean, and that's why even in in Disneyland and and other rides, they'll pump in scents too, scents and temperatures mm-hmm. and like all these other things. So yeah, it could be could be really cool. Man, I'm, uh, it's an interesting conversation to have. I've never, like I said, I've never really experienced all those things. Now I really want to. And I've got a child as an excuse to do it. So I'll just have to do and, it. And the sound design is like, okay, when gate 28, when or when the door closes or the elevator, whenever that happens, it's like toward the beginning. It's after the cheesy, sorry, it's after the tuba thing. Okay. It's after the sustained dramatic hits. And then there's... A nicely timed spot in the music where there's like a big drum hit and it kind of sounds it coincides with gate 28 like arriving mm-hmm. so that's what happened okay. yeah um and i like moments like that like the score has moments that sound really industrial i mean a lot of it sounds pretty mm-hmm. industrial like where you're not sure if it blurs a line between was that a percussion hit or was that an elevator or was that like a piece of steel dropping you know, mm-hmm. so that was one of those moments that I liked, which is impressive considering how little time he had to do this. Yeah, that's the always the thing with Horner's score on this is the how little time he had, and it's always a question of well, did did it 
hurt the score? I mean, he had to borrow some elements from his previous scores. And does that hurt? Does that take devalue the score a little bit? Or maybe it all came through in the pinch. It was one of those examples of something that came through because of the stress behind it. So I don't know. But um, you're right. I love that you mentioned the, the sound, the industrial sounds like the clanking of metal that's I think kind of clearly in the score, but when you're watching the movie, it, it integrates well with all the things that are around it as well. So, uh, or around the character. So um, it's interesting though, because yeah. despite the fact that I don't, I don't think James Horner didn't do the score to judgment day, right? That was someone else. Terminator two. No. Yeah. That's uh, oh, okay. I know that guy's so name, he, but, but, but yeah, in any event, James um, Horner didn't do that score. And so I just find it interesting that while he didn't do that score, that, that concept of, the sort of industrial sounding instruments playing a part in the music is sort of continued in a, in another James Cameron movie. Um, so I wonder, I wonder uh, what that connection is. If that was, you know, these two composers just having both having that thought, or if that's James Cameron, just sort of slipping that idea to them or, or what that process was. That's a good question. I'm trying to remember if I feel like the Terminator one score is just very synthy. Yeah. I think it was the same guy though. And his name was Fidel, Brad Fidel. There it is. Yep. I think it's the same guy. Now I've, I feel like I'm now I'm on air doing research. Oh, well. <laughs> <laughs> um, but yeah, that's an interesting question. Was it a Cameron idea where, where you know, yeah, it was Brad Fidel for both. Um, was it where he said, hey, uh, Jamie Horner did uh, some <laughs> clanking stuff. Why don't you do that in this too? You know, I don't know. That's an interesting yeah. idea uh, to think about. But yeah, they do coordinate, uh, match mm-hmm. up pretty well. Interesting. I haven't heard that score. To the Terminator 2? Yeah, I haven't seen it. Yeah, it's, it's pretty iconic. Like the theme... It's pretty iconic. It always, every once in a while, it'll go like jump into my head. I'm not as big a fan of it, that movie as I was when I was younger, but the score is pretty. I, I'm not saying it's a great score, it's, but it's a, it's iconic. Yeah. Like you, if you grew up on that movie, it's hard to, it's definitely one of those hummable melodies that you were talking oh, about yeah. before. Mm-hmm. And when you hum it, you hum it in the sound of an industrial press or something. It's like, <laughs> chung, 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 chung. Like it's, it's, yeah, <laughs> so it's really interesting. I don't yes, know. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, the it almost sounds a little metal, you yeah. know, literal, like not only literal metal, but like the genre of music. Right, right. But yeah. Uh, really interesting. <laughs> well, what else do we have for this minute? You guys have anything else? I don't think so. This is another stressful minute to watch, but I think because of the music, it's less stressful, to be honest. <laughs> nice. Oh. Yeah. So he's having a little, giving you a little break <laughs> from the stress. I do like that. You do get a little bit of relief because it's so stressful right up until she uh, ignites that flamethrower for just a second, gives them, gives them a, a second of time to get that elevator door shut. It's a nice move on Ripley's part there because well, I really don't know what the uh, alien was going to do with that gate between them, but it could have been. Well, uh, isn't that, wasn't that the purpose of showing uh, her like, kind of like rip the ladder away? Was to be yeah. like, oh yeah, if it got to the cage, it would be able to just rip that cage right off, no problem. Yeah, that's a good call. Um, that's definitely a bit of a little, little tiny bit of foreshadowing we got a few seconds earlier. Yeah, nice. But yeah, she. So yeah, that's likely what would have happened. She would have ripped that gate off and and dove in. And we know uh, from later that she can fit right into an elevator. So <laughs> it would have been. 
it would have been a horrible catastrophe. She's a patient <laughs> queen. Yes. <laughs> uh-huh. Right. Did anyone else hear that like satisfying bloop sound at the beginning of the minute? Okay. Oh, I don't think so. What was it I mean, again? I'm gonna I, have to listen now just, after the <laughs> My brain hears the most random tiny things. Um okay, toward the beginning of the minute there's this bloop that sounds it strikes me because it sounds just like a MacBook noise, like a notification or something. It's, oh. It sounds like the submarine one, or I can't remember what it is. Like when you when it fetches your mail and finds something. Oh gosh, it like sticks out so much. It's it's very satisfying. I like I like it. Um, but <laughs> apparently, right. I'm the only one that noticed it. <laughs> I'm definitely gonna listen for it as soon as we're done recording here. I'm nope. gonna go back yeah. and see if I can hear it. It's like an echoey. Right. It's yeah, it's great. I love satisfying sounds, so hopefully it will uh, strike me. Me too. Oh, I love them. (laughs) (laughs) All right, Chrysanthi, you want to remind everyone where they can find you online? Yeah, you can find me at Chrysanthi Tan on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, or anywhere. And you can listen to my music on iTunes or Spotify, Chrysanthi Tan and ChrysantheTan.com. Basically, just I'm the only person with my name on the internet, so it should be pretty easy to find me. All right. And Scott, you want to just give a quick plug for yourself? Yeah. Uh, you can find me on all social media at Scott Corelli, and you can listen to my podcast at duelinggenre.com. Uh, that's Back to the Future Minute, uh, Spider-Man Minute, Cornetto Minute, and uh, a, a few various like one-shot kind of things as well. But you can find all of that at duelinggenre.com. And you can find us at AlienMinute.com, um, on Instagram at Alien Minute Podcast, on Twitter at Alien Minute Pod. Um, I'm on Twitter at uh, Off Kilter Comps if you want to follow me personally. I uh, always like to have some followers. Uh, that's, that's always a good thing. I guess that's what Twitter's for. Um, all right. Well, that's going to do it for Minute 122. We'll see you tomorrow for Minute 123.